Umbra Festival holds its second edition in Barcelona this weekend. For this episode of RPS Presents, we talked to Trevor Jackson and Fata Morgana, two of the acts taking part in the festival that celebrates the darker side of outsider electronics.
Yesterday was the deadline for UK citizens to get their vote in and many artists and musicians were encouraging people to act. Uh, for me, it seems like quite a, a new phenomenon. Do you think the relationship between politics and music's changed over the over the course of your career? Um, I think when I was younger, there was actively more politics in music. Um, whereas now there's maybe not so much. People are obviously more active on social media, but, but within music itself, there's probably not enough um, important things being said. Do you think that um, music in itself is is more political now without being explicitly so? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about people. Give me an example. People, throw, an example. people throw in raves in, in Georgia, you know, a, a kind of a, a, against the, the, the desire of the state or whatever. I don't quite understand your question. I'm sorry. That's okay. So um, the fact that people, I don't know, uh, yeah. you, you, there's more, let's say, transgender DJs out there, uh, more visible. Yeah. There's maybe more bookings of female artists. There's more, people are more conscious maybe of, uh, the, of the, these the, types of the, questions. The thing is, human beings actively, within, within underground subversive culture, there's always been active, you know, there's, there's always been activists, right? The problem that the issue, I mean, the thing is now with social media, it's a double-edged sword because it's really important. It's great because what happens is now you can spread the word, you can educate people through social media, but at the same time via social media, you can basically jump on something to use that as a cause, which is going to promote yourself. For me, honestly, politics and music, if you're a band and you're, you're writing songs or you have lyrics or you have uh, an overall aesthetic or manifesto you're trying to get across, great. But if you're when talking about DJs, mm -hmm. if I'm honest with you, I'd rather DJs just don't say anything and just play the music. I don't want to see what a DJ looks like. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they have to say. I just want to hear them play their music, if I'm honest with you. That's okay, that's opinion. interesting. Um, so for, for you as a DJ, um, with like yeah. decades of experience behind you, what, yeah. what do you try to achieve in your sets like these days? What keeps you motivated? Um, I've cut down on my club sets because basically making people dance is really, can I swear? Uh, I go swear. ahead, can you I, can no. swear away. Um, oh, okay. Well, I, I think that basically making people dance is fairly easy now. Okay. Um, it's relatively easy in that you just put a 4-4 beat on if you can mix fairly well you know how to build something up. You can kind of have people dancing, but for me now, I've done it for such a long time, I'm more interested in kind of like surprising people and perhaps shocking people or confusing people. That for me is far more interesting. So, you know, when I first started DJing, I used to play very weird music, which was for, not for people to dance to. I got sucked into um, naturally into playing club sets and with, you know, with bigger DJs and I got kind of sucked into that whole culture which wasn't really part of me and now I'm kind of through that and I do actively do a radio show every fortnight on NCS where I just play super strange interesting music that I love and I just pick my DJ sets very carefully now and I only want to play places where I think I can play the kind of music I want which will hopefully interest the kind of people that are into the kind of crazy shit that I like and it's not necessarily about dancing you know Absolutely. I mean, I like to, you know, I I, enjoy, I like making people dance, but ultimately, I think that's pretty easy. I'd rather kind of like put on something a little bit more interesting than that. I think uh, as as a DJ, as a professional DJ or a professional musician, you probably have to make compromises here and there about where you can play because maybe the places you prefer to play aren't the ones that can pay you what you would expect. Well, I don't. I, 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 the thing is, for me, after doing it for so long, it's not about the money. Mm -hmm. 
I don't do it for the money. I, I, you know, the thing is, most DJs will tell you or they lie. Most DJs, you go on the social media, every gig's a great gig. Right. They're not. It's like two out of five are great. Three will be shit. And okay. you'll go back to the hotel depressed as fuck because you've had a terrible gig, but you're still going on social media and tell everyone how brilliant it is. But so, you know, it, 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 for me personally, I've learned I'd rather play smaller venues for less money where the crowd is amazing. They get what I'm into. You know, I play big, big gigs every night. I'm, you know, I'm playing this weekend because I think, you know, it's going to be it's a good festival. The people playing the whole thing behind it is interesting. Me. But generally, maybe I'm in a different position to other people. I don't DJ for a living. So, yeah, it's slightly different. But I pick my gigs very selectively. I don't even play that much anymore. This year, I've probably done four or five gigs. Okay. Is any of them um, stand out for you as a, as a memorable, memorable gig where you were really into the conditions and, and the place, the venue, the sound, I don't know, the, yeah, all no, the I played, things. I played at Village Underground early in the year with um, Richard H. Kirk. He oh, was wow. playing live, so I played before him, and that was a, that was part of a, a new festival, a new London festival, which was really good. And then I played at Atonal this year as well. Underneath um, oh, Tressor, I forget the name of the venue, but I played um, there as well, and that was great. So, you know, I've, as I said, I haven't played that much this year. Next year, I plan to play hardly any gigs at all. But... Um, you know, I, I, I'm just select now because I'd much rather leave a gig and think that was great and I really enjoyed it mm. than have a bit more money in my pocket. But I had a, I was humiliated. I just didn't enjoy it. So absolutely. Well, the show you referred to before on NTS is called uh, Dark Minds and Warm Hearts. Is that right? Music for sick minds and warm hearts. Okay, sorry. Um, and it's all right. I mean, is that? Is that a useful way to describe your taste in genre? I mean, it's not always easy to go into a record shop and say, mm, well, I want Cold Wave or I, I don't know what, I want Proto House or something like that. Do you think what that- is pro, What is Proto House? Well, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Well, exactly. I mean, it's if you're talking, talking to the person in, in the record shop, you might have an idea of a genre. You might have read something and that might be hard for, for them to, to interpret. Um, yeah. Whereas I think the, the, the name of your, your, your show, represents quite well um maybe uh, cold sounds um but with some yeah, soul yeah, behind them to my show before uh, this morning yes indeed okay so the thing is my show is not one genre i play if you listen to uh, three of my sh- you know three or four of my shows i play everything from hip-hop to classical music to ambient music to indu- i play everything mm-hmm. so my show is genreless it's not about genres it's just about outside of music it's about music that a lot of people necessarily haven't discovered and that's you know that's my thing i like to dig for crazy weird interesting records that aren't getting enough attention of right. every genre that are somehow connected for me i'll play african records next to crazy industrial records next to you know like i said next to a, a hip-hop track for me i just play music i love and i don't care about the genre you know I, I, genres for me, there's, there's good music in every genre. I'm not one of these people that, you know, there's this whole tech house, whatever everyone's saying, oh shit, tech house is everyone's t- complaining about something. For me, there's great music inside every genre. Absolutely. And it's lazy DJs. And it's ignorant people that slag off certain genres for getting tired or saying, oh, it's getting really generic. That's just laziness. They're just not digging deep enough looking for good enough music. And that's what I do. I just search for really interesting music that I think is going to excite people and surprise people. and. That's kind of what the show is all about. Not not one specific genre at all. Uh huh. Tell us a, a little bit about digging. Is this for you still a, like a physical act, or, or or is it more digital for you? I mean, do you still hit car boot sales and charity shops and all the rest of it, or is it just, is it a matter of going through YouTube these days? For me, I have 
not that much interest in old music anymore. Okay. I mean, albeit I've done compilations and stuff. For me, if you, my show is 99% brand new music. Uh huh. So I've spent a long time in my life showcasing and focusing on old music. Yeah. And actually, that's been to the detriment of um, exposing new artists. So my biggest interest, and that's the only reason I ever run record labels, is to expose new young talent. Or old, I don't care about the age, but you know, just, just interest in new music. So in terms of digging, I do everything. I go to record shops and I, I, you know, I, all the st online stores as well. It's a mixture of everything. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's not like, I, I don't dig like, a, you know, I've got so many records. I don't dig for breaks and dig for things to sample anymore, which I used to. Mm -hmm. I spent most of my time, as I said, I'm just excited about new music. I couldn't think of a better time for new music at the moment. It's constantly astounds me the, the, the quantity of high quality music there is. Yes, it's almost um, intimidating, actually. How well, much? It is totally overwhelming. Completely. How much you have to? I mean, how can you possibly filter through all the all, everything that's being made, and how can you specialize? Uh, well, you can't. But that's the whole that's the whole idea now. You can't, which is really interesting. So, when you hear DJs playing the same record as other people, again, it's just a lazy DJ, because there's no reason why all DJs should be playing the same records anymore. There's so much great music to go around, you know. Do you feel like there's a competitive element then to, to DJing and to playing out? To Like you said, you don't want to be playing the same record as the other person. Um, it's not competitive. It's purely that everything, I don't want to be lumped into anything. So for me, I don't want to be playing records with other people because um, I just like to feel like I'm a bit more original. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, better, I mean, I'm not trying to be better. I'm not the best DJ in the world, far from it. There's so many people that admire him far better than me, but I just like to play mad records, you know? And, and um, there's a competitive nature which comes from I started working in hip hop. So, there's, you know, when you're making music in hip hop and when you're trying to find breaks and sound for stuff, you're always trying to find something which other people haven't got. So, that's probably a little bit of you know, that, that mentality still left, but that's not the main part of it. This weekend, you play the latest edition of Ombra uh, alongside, and I quote, Forefathers, Torchbearers, and New Jacks. So I wanted you to um, recommend uh, one act from, from each category. So one old school each act. Category? Mm. Okay, go on. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Okay, let's have a category. Okay, let's try this. Sure. On. So one forefather that, that people have got to see, one of the old school uh, on the lineup that, that you really recommend. Oh, well, I play after DAF. So, you know, I've. I haven't seen them live for a long time, but they're kind of like fundamental, hugely important act. So I would definitely go and see DAF, 100%. Uh -huh. And how about a torchbearer? So uh, an act that right now is, is really flying the flag. A torchbearer, I'd probably say, well, I mean, I hate to big up my night, but I'd probably say Ron Morelli. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, Ron's on, I think he's, I'm playing first and it's Solar. Again, he's a brilliant DJ. Um, and then Ron at the end. So Ron is, puts out, you know, seriously great records on Lies. And um, yeah, it's an honor to be on the same bill as a guy. Mm -hmm. and, and a new Jack. So some of the new blood uh, on the on the, uh, on the lineup. I would say probably Chris Baja. Okay. Chris um, is a killer producer. Uh, I think he's got, maybe his album's just out or it's coming out. Done so many things. And I think he's playing live. I think he's playing on the Friday. But I've seen, I played with Chris in um, Berlin a while ago, and he's great live. So I'd highly recommend people go and hunt out all of his records and try and go and see him as well. Excellent. So you can check out Trevor, uh, who's playing at midnight on the evening of Saturday, the 30th of November at the Loft in Rasmataz. It's all part of the Umbra Festival, which is taking place in Barcelona this weekend. Trevor, thanks so much for joining us. Um, hope to be in touch uh, again soon. All right, take care. Bye bye. All right, bye. Thank you.
RPS powered by Seth. Morgana is a Barcelona-based group consisting of the Polish singer Patricia Proniewska and synth player Louis Haring. Fata Morgana are a young but well-travelled group and they form part of the lineup at Ombra Festival that takes place at various venues in Barcelona on the 29th and 30th of November. Thanks for making time to come and talk to us at Radio Primavera Sounds. Uh, welcome. Hello, it's our pleasure. Hello, thank you for having us. Is this your first radio interview? I feel that you, you, you look quite relaxed about this. Um, radio interview? Probably not, but we've been like a couple of months uh, before on the field, on the Catalan television, so yeah, that was probably more stressful even like to be in front of the cameras. 
Oh yeah, it looks great that show. Big up Ida. It's, she does a great job of promoting local acts. I think. How was your experience on on BTV then? Do you think they did you feel that they produce, promote you guys in the in the right way, in a way that you wanted to be seen? Oh yeah, I think the the, the show was really good. I didn't want to be a part of the interview though. I was too shy. So yeah, he sent me alone to the interview. Yeah, but I don't mind playing. That's fine. Is that a language thing, or simply no, because? No, I just feel like I'm not sure I have a lot to say, and I think Patricia has a lot to say, so that's fine. Um, tell us a little about the pro- uh, the process of forming your band. So, like, did you where did you meet, and did you start with a plan, or and how did your sound and aesthetic evolve? Uh, we met uh, many years ago, like, I think probably in London, but we met like through the music scene because we played in different bands and met each other in different parts of Europe. But then like, uh, finally, like when we moved to Barcelona, we uh, like, we didn't really have a plan to start a band. We were just spending time together, hanging out in a bedroom, when the, like with a bed full of like drum machines and synths we just borrowed from friends and probably like, smoking weed and started composing music and just having like a good time and and we were recording with a four track and then like suddenly we noticed that there were some first uh, verses and choruses so some first songs appeared from like just like more crazy first uh, chaotic jam session and then yeah we told it to to a couple of friends and uh, Sergi from Dead Moon, who was organizing Conjunto Vacío Festival, told us, okay, why don't you play your first show in the festival? And we're like, oh, we have no idea how we're going to do that, but let's do it. And we had half a year to prepare for that. Was that enough time? And did you like working with the deadline like that? Uh, yeah, it was cool, actually, because like, we didn't start with the idea to make a band. And we just wrote kind of four songs really quickly, and they came out like pretty complete. And then... Yeah, more of the challenge was like putting a set together and figuring out how to do it live. But like, I'm glad we did it. I'd, I'd never done anything like that before. So like learning how to do it was really, really fun and kind of weirdly empowering. Yeah. And then you put a cassette out. And I feel that once you have a cassette a phys- or a physical release out, then you're a band. Yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> exactly. Like to have something. Yeah. Yeah, I think because also like we start f- like the band started we working with a four track recorder and also like even in our first now we're using a proper mixer but in our first show in that Conjunto Vacío Festival we used a four track as a mixer so all our music passed through the tape and then like went through the people so we thought like let's make something small and like like just a tape also like to have kind of have idea how to record our music and how later to record the proper LP do you think Barcelona's uh, a healthy place to be a musician yeah yeah really healthy there's plenty of places to play plenty of nice people plenty of good bands it's cool yeah yeah I think I think it's a good place because it's like a constant movement of like people music art so I think like a place like this with like lots of movement it like it's also like gives you inspiration but also you're meeting lots of people so i personally find it like really really good the barcelona of ed sheeran and the barcelona of fata morgana for me are very different you know the, uh, you could associate barcelona with positive mm, tropical shiny sunshine beats and 
Balearic mm, rhythms and that sort of thing. But that's kind of the opposite of conjunto vacío uh, and all that sound. Um, how do you think the the, the, the dark wave mm, scene exists here? I mean, is it just like it would in any other city? Um, I would say my knowledge of that scene is that it's not necessarily so much about sound as like people doing things for themselves. So like Conjunto Vacío is like a record label. It was a shop. It's like a group of people that are doing lots of music in various projects. And I think that I don't think that sound can necessarily be defined. I think it's usually just people being fairly experimental and quite like uh, it's quite interesting and like both of us come from a musical background where that's like uh, sort of the unspoken rule, like that's just the way you do things, like doing things for yourselves, releasing cassettes and playing these kinds of shows. So I don't think like Barcelona as like a <laughs> sunny, beautiful city or whatever has much to do with that, so much as like a place where there's plenty of people doing that kind of thing. And so it's very easy for a band like us just to go outside and have plenty of, plenty of um, like places to play and um, you know a ready audience you know which are the places in Barcelona that you've that have um, welcomed you and that you've enjoyed playing places that where you'd recommend seeing other groups like you who are up and coming mm, I definitely like the place called Magia Roja uh, and uh, it's a place in Gracia which is like run by two beautiful people and it's kind of not like official venue but it's like the art association and I w this is where we played like our LP release party and it was marvelous we played with SDH and it was like really full of people dancing really good atmosphere the place is like pretty unique so maybe not everyone knows about this place um, so I would totally recommend checking out Magia Roja wonderful spot and record label as well I think yeah. um, so your, for your performance at Ombra what is it that you want to achieve? What are you focused on most? Is it technical finesse with your performance, a special connection with the crowd, um, get more likes on Instagram, or, or, or get the perfect sound? What, what, what would make you happiest? Making the people dance and dancing for, for the people. Like, I don't think like I have like maybe a certain thing I want to do for the performance at Omra, but right now we just came back from a tour, so I feel like really full of like live performative energy. So for me, I think the most important is like the connection with the people, but of course, like, like our set, our music, also like everything, all the atmosphere apart from the music, like the lights and like i don't know just creating center how the uh, type of like mesmerizing atmosphere and connection with the audience that would be lovely if they dance you know from your point of view what what is it that you want to do best or, or what do you want people to remember from your music uh, ombra um I honestly am lost for words. I don't know what to say. Like, I just, I hope we go there, we play fine. And uh, for our, from our perspective, like, it would be nice to play through, like, a good sound system. And I just hope we have fun and don't, like, make any mistakes. <laughs> like, all the normal stuff you do when you're in a band. Like, yeah, I just hope it's good fun. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the place, uh, Utopia, I think it's really monumental and I find it pretty special. So, yeah, I'm like really looking forward for that performance. I think it's one of the few venues in Barcelona where 
it's it's known for events so people won't get lost trying to find it but at the same time it's not like there's something there every weekend so it's you're more likely to have a memorable experience at Utopia 126 than maybe one of the nightclubs that you've been to a lot of times and also I know that the organizers of the festival are like planning a really special setup for like all the space they're like they've been working on it for a long time and preparing like all the stages like everything like for the sound system for the smoke for the lights so I think like everyone can expect something really special there um, you've not been together working for that long but what changes have you made since since those early bedroom jams oh we bought some more equipment but we still got a pretty primitive setup it's just a drum machine and two synths um, but instead of the synths are like medium cheap rather than super cheap and the drum machine is ours rather than borrowed but that's it like we just got better at playing I think at this point we've only been around for like a year and a half but um, we've played quite a lot of gigs probably like 80 shows or something so I think we've slick isn't what I would describe it as but I think we're a lot more comfortable confident than I certainly were when we started yeah. so you just got back from America playing quite a few dates up and down across the country um, what were your impressions uh, what was it like playing there and how does the audiences differ to to the European audiences that you've played for uh, I'm not sure you can generalise like that because like we toured Europe a couple of times we toured America and um, I think most people who've been on tour will know that like every night's kind of different <coughs> the the kind of place you get to play um, is can, can vary quite a lot and most importantly like the the people that, that you're playing to so yeah I would say that both in the Europe and America like the every night was a little bit different but I would say that our most recent tours of both continents have gone really well probably a little bit better than expected so psh, that's great is there one that you remember particularly fondly there's a couple but i must say like about this like to your story to add something like i think it was really exciting because like there were some places like california that we came back and came back to play and we were like also in some places that were totally new so this is what i find like exciting about um touring like going on tour to a place i have never been before because every day it's going to be like new excitement new emotions but i could say like it's i i could totally say like my top 10 or top 5 but i must say like a really special show we had in chicago uh, like it i it was my first time there like i always wanted to go there and it was nothing less that i expected we played like in this place called the archer ballroom it's like a huge loft like a couple of stories high but it's like oh it's very industrial but made from wood so it's very elegant in the same moment and there were like a couple hundred people everyone was like uh dancing and singing like crazy and we had like met really nice people and had great time so that was for sure really good but also then like california was great new york ohio which was like a new thing for us and rally in North Carolina. So maybe like the, like Ohio, North Carolina are like not the most popular states to go and play or like the places you hear about, but they were like really good. So we uh, encouraged bands to go and play there. And you were in a tour van, were you? No, no, we do in a rental car. Okay. It's the privilege of not 
touring with amplifiers. <laughs> yeah, easy yeah. peasy. And how were those long roads? Uh, what were you listening to or talking about? Oh, like most of the time we were just listening to the radio, that which was kind of interesting. But because um, there, there's so much, so much like so many different public radio stations. Um, but yeah, it was okay. We had like for the east coast section, we had a friend of mine to come along and help us drive. And then the west coast wasn't the drives weren't too long. It was we had the tour like organized well in, in a straight line so it's like two or three hours every day yeah. are your musical influences contemporary or more from the past um i would say probably more from the past like, definitely i mean i think both of us now we're in our 30s and we're not like so fast about like recreating a certain sound i know that's kind of funny because our band sounds pretty retro but i don't think we're thinking about that when we're making music but yeah for sure we like all that kind of old synth pop and post punk and stuff like that like that's I guess that's music we've been listening to for a long time um, but I think more we sound the way we do because of the because of the fact that we came about making music just the two of us we're playing around messing around with keyboards and stuff like I don't think it's so much like a direct attempt to I don't know sound like early Depeche Mode or something you know like that's just sort of what came out yeah, yeah and for me I also noticed with the time like <coughs> And my m musical influences are not strictly musical. They more come from like the reality around me, from the the nature, my emotions, the the things I see, the things I feel, and me maybe even like this is like a stro stronger like some moments of the nature and landscape are even maybe stronger influences for me right now to create music than other music. How come you sing in Spanish? Because in, I have like. Uh, me in my other project I sing in Polish and I don't know like I like uh, I, I got it was kind of spontaneous and I was like I don't really feel so much in my life at least right now to sing in English and I like the rhythm of like Spanish is like rhythmical language uh, kind of like Polish is but it has more vocals than uh, so many consonants but I got to the point that I was like oh yes I'm gonna write this like tiny personal like poemas of mine in Spanish I'm gonna sing them and I just it just it was kind of spontaneous thing I think you think you'll carry on doing the songs with this project in Spanish yeah I think so I like I could have like couple of them in English maybe too but I like writing in Spanish and doing in Polish maybe I don't know I think I don't really plan it when like when the song appears, for example, we like we we have a new song, and it was interesting because the first time when I was, uh, 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 like when this when I was singing this song, I remember I was in a botanical garden in Tenerife, and first time the melody came to me and the lyrics came to me, I was singing it in Polish. So first I recorded the song in Polish, but then I told myself no, I don't want this song to be in Polish. I feel more like it should be in Spanish. So. Then I wrote it in Spanish, so it's kind of the uh, like depends on the moment. So I'm open to like different languages. Like my life is existence in like four languages every day. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, your album Terra Alta, a Catalan expression or a Catalan place, right? Um, it came out on La Vida is un Mus Recordings. Mm -hmm. That's a label based in London, but with a Spanish name. 
Yeah. I don't know what mush means. Do you know what mush means? I I don't actually know. I think it comes from a game, like a board game. game. Ah. I think it's a Spanish board game, but I'm not sure. But he's he's an Andalusian guy. Oh, right. And I used to live with him in London for a long time. Uh, So, yeah, he's a close friend of mine. The label, it's it's a self-proclaimed punk label, right? Um, Do you think you have more in common with punk than electronic music? Um, Do you prefer to play for for like a punk gig crowd or or a club crowd, if, Mm. if such a difference exists? I mean, like, for us growing up, we definitely come from the punk scene and then the DIY punk scene, but uh, right now I have no preference. I, li- I like love playing for everyone, and I think the concerts we play are really mixed. Like, we could play a show, like, for more punk audience with punk bands, but then we would play in a club. Another, like, I think, uh, yeah, it's pretty inclusive, and we play really different kind of shows, and I definitely like playing them all. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's a complicated it's a complicated topic. I mean, I feel um, essentially I don't think we'd make like electronic music in the way that like electronic music to me is a lot about like repetition, rhythm, like toying with timbres and things like this, textures. And I feel like our music very much is kind of like quite rock and rolly. You know, it's like like verses and choruses and hooks and melodies and stuff like that. Um, which I guess, but I, I mean, that is kind of the musical background that we come from. But I mean, we're comfortable playing in, in all kinds of settings. And to be honest, I think we try playing more punk shows and sometimes it's quite tricky. And then I think generally like the best reception seems to be when we're playing in like a dark place late in the night and people just want to dance. And stuff Lots like of that. smoke yeah, and exactly. strobe lights. So, but yeah, yeah, I think actually what is what I like about this band that we play like really different kind of concerts in different venues you could play in a basement we can play like in your bedroom we played like even one concert on a balcony that's like and for very different audiences so yeah i think it's pretty accessible music i think your grandma can like it or whatever it's not it's not very harsh <laughs> or anything you know yeah uh, trevor jackson who we also interviewed for this program praised the umbra lineup for the inclusion of forefathers Torchbearers and New Jacks. So I wanted you to pick out one recommendation from each category who people can see at the festival this weekend. So one one example of a forefather, you know, one old school act that people can check out. Who would you recommend? I mean, from listening uh, like before to like lots of like new wave and post punk, I sentimentally would love would love to see Trisomy Twenty One. Yeah. And the new one, I strongly recommend to see this selection from Germany. They're like kind of dark EBM techno electronic duo. They're really good, and they're going to be playing on Friday at half past twelve in the Wolf Club. And how about Torchbearers? One of the acts that is at the peak of their powers right now. Is there anyone you can think of? Oh, maybe Fasenova from Asturias, and I think they're playing also on Friday, like just before us at six in the afternoon. Excellent. So, um, Fata Morgana form part of the festival. Um, you can check out umrafestival.com for tickets and more info. Um, and what are your what's your what's your social media address or your Bandcamp or whatever? Um, so Instagram is Fata Morgana underscore underscore Barcelona and then uh, Fata Morgana Barcelona Bandcamp.com so you can listen to our music there and yeah. your record sold out oh it's already we have a third 
uh, edition that we made just on on the US tour. But yeah, we're gonna have some copies of the record for the festival, like on the on the vinyl. So if if buy it, buy it, buy two copies. Real DJs buy two copies. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you at Omer Festival. Thank you so much for the interview. Hope to see you there too. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.